Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. This interview will be broadcast on YouTube as well as the regular podcast channel. So be sure to look for the YouTube link in the show notes if you'd like to view the video. Our special guest today is Adam Avin. He's the founder of Wolf Shanti, a company that promotes health, wellness, and happiness in children and encourages peace and positivity. Wolf Shanti was created by a kid for other kids and started when Adam was younger with his illustrations, voice, and his dream to make a difference in the world. He shares his character, Wolf Shanti, with children across the planet with the hopes of guiding them down a path of peace and positivity with his programs. His Wolf Shanti videos are in hospitals around the globe, helping children smile while they heal from their cancer treatments and in 25,000 schools across the country. Welcome, Adam. It's wonderful to speak with you. Thank you for having me. Well, for those who have not yet seen your TED Talk that you released, that was, what what month was that, that it came out? Uh, it, it came out last month in June. Okay. So it's, it's pretty new. I've watched it quite a few times. But for those who haven't seen it yet, where you explain this in detail, can you give us some background on your company and what exactly Wolf Shanti does and the reason why you started the company? Yeah, uh, so uh, sure. Uh, Wolf Shanti uh, is the Wolf Shanti Children's Wellness Foundation. Uh, we're a nonprofit that teaches mindfulness and social emotional learning to kids 3 to 17 years old. We have two tracks, one for early learning with fun and games and music and videos. We have um, the mobile app and, and a dog character that, like you said, travels to schools and children's hospitals. Um, and we also have one for teens and tweens. Uh, which is more serious curriculum without the dog character, uh, which teaches just more than yoga, meditation, and positivity and stress reduction. But it also teaches uh, kindness and including things um, like diversity and inclusion, communication, anti-bullying, self-awareness, self-regulation, self-compassion, and empathy. Uh, We have the Kids Association for Mindfulness and Education, which is a place where kids can come together to make a positive difference in the world and get these social, emotional, and mindful programs into schools. Uh, We have the Mindful Kids Peace Summit, which you are on, uh, which is a five-day online uh, international program for middle school and high schools uh, geared towards teens and tweens across the globe. Uh, I first started with Shanti to honor my great-grandpa. He was very mindful, a yogi at heart, and he taught me all of his mantras. Um, And I, I just wanted to pay it forward to other kids. And I never realized that it would turn into this but it started with just one book and now we have seven and are on the children's television network um in hospitals across the country uh kid doodle tv and adventure to learning uh which is in twenty-five thousand schools across the country um our original mission was to promote health and wellness and peace and positivity but now that i'm older um our mission has kind of transitioned to getting these mental health programs into schools sooner than later because it's so important to audience. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you're, you're right on track. This is exciting. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned in the intro and you, you, you're wearing your shirt as well from the Mindful Peace Summit, excellent. So in, in this summit, I watched pretty much all of the speakers and took notes and, and learned a lot. 
And I know how difficult it is to interview someone. You've got to research each person in order to have a conversation with them. So what did you learn from interviewing the experts yourself and from hosting the summit? Yeah, uh, well, first, thank you um, for watching all those. I know it's a lot of content, like 36 hours, something worth like that. Uh, I learned a lot about um, interviewing skills, uh, like eye contact, body posture. Um, learning or trying to not interrupt other people uh, or to not uh, or, or to not do an interview um, while you're tired or yawning or your eyes closed because it's not very mindful. Um, but I was working on it uh, every day after school and on the weekends. And I always had homework and tests and sports and clubs and I was so tired. But I learned that even mindful people have to remind themselves to be mindful sometimes and to take a break and get more sleep. Uh, I also learned about uh, the insane amount of work that uh, goes in to pulling a summit off like this. Um, it, took a, it took about 10 months to put everything together. Uh, There's so many uh, little technical issues and programs that I had to learn. Um, I learned that we do better when we collaborate with things on other people. I couldn't have done the summit without uh, Helen Maffini, who was our co-host during it. She was our mentor and uh, guided me through everything. Um, it wouldn't happen without her because she's done a lot of summits before and we're, we're very grateful. Um, and we're actually re-releasing the summit um, on September 23rd uh, for the start of the new school year. And just with some new content, we're so excited about that and we can't wait uh, for people that haven't seen it to see it again. Incredible, incredible. I'll put everything in the show notes so everyone can see the summit, what it is and how to access it. So a part of the summit for me was pretty impactful. It was your interview with the teacher from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. I think her name was Chelsea Briggs. And it was a part of the summit that I'm just never going to forget because one of the main reasons I got involved with this work, and we're going back before you were born, but back to the late 90s, and it was the Columbine tragedy. So you kind of put this all into perspective of where all these tragedies occurred. And back then, I was working with a group of 12 teens, and they actually made a pin to honor the lives of the students, those lives that were lost in Columbine. So I was thinking about this as you were interviewing teachers over there. And I was thinking, you know, Parkland, the Parkland shooting, it's not far from where you live. 17 lives were lost there. And it was the largest school shooting since Sandy Hook that took 20 children and six adults. So how did speaking with these teachers and students impact you and your work? Well, I, uh, um, well, I already wanted to transition into or expand into high school uh, because I was starting high school. And I knew that we needed a program that just wasn't about the dog character. Uh, but when the tragedy happened, it definitely sped everything up with the Peace Summit because we really wanted to release it on the anniversary of MSD uh, so we could honor everybody, uh, honor the lives lost. Um, like you said, I live close to there. Um, and it was, it was very hard. And... Um, it still is very hard because they're so close, um, especially when we have like those code red drills, uh, which are necessary but traumatic for some people. Uh, when I got to speak with um, the students and teachers, um, it really made me want to work even harder for them. 
there are other kids that are working on gun issues and that's awesome and I'm very proud of them but you know I need to do what I know how to do uh, what is which what I've been doing for the past five years and that's trying to reach as many parents and teachers guidance counselors administrators healthcare practitioners and and kids people as possible um, like I said so we can get our mindful and SEL programs in schools because you know statistics for suicide and homicide among kids is so high and if we can get over these mental health stigmas and, and start having um, so, some pro, some preventative education at all levels K through 12 then maybe we can just raise healthier and happier adults who aren't so depressed and anxious because we want to try and help everybody. Absolutely. I remember the day that the tragedy happened. I, my, my email went off with some of the experts that I work with that are out in the Florida area saying we need to do something. And what, what I thought was really interesting from your point of view is that sometimes policy and procedures take so long from the adult side of things. And then you watch student voice happening and things seem to go faster with, with bringing student voice to the forefront. So how did you see that student voice made an, an impact on change? Well, you know, um, I, I think that without Wolf Shanti, I wouldn't have um, been invited to do um, everything that I can and be able to use my voice to make a positive difference in the world. So um, everything that, that I've been able to do has been um, a great opportunity. And I, I've realized that as I've gotten older, that I have a responsibility to use my voice because it's up to us as the next generation to help fix the world. Um, and I would tell any other teenager to use their voice and stand up for what they believe in and that they can make a difference in the world if they feel strongly about something. Um, hopefully, um, you know, I, I hopefully more kids will go out and use their voice um, doing the TED Talk and, and doing interviews and the Peace Summit and everything. Um, at, as, per, as, a, as a shy, as a, as a one shy kid, um, who is now kind of broken out of that shell and now goes out to speak. I'm not shy anymore because I'm speaking about something that I'm passionate about. Um, and I hope other kids really take that same mentality because, um, you know, like I said, it's, we're the next generation and all, all of us have to use our voice to make a positive difference in the world. So I think it's very important that, um, that, um, I continue with Wafanti and, um, trying and get as many kids to use their student voice and bring that to the forefront, you know? Absolutely, because you start to realize it's not just about you anymore, it's about everyone that you can impact. Yeah. It's the big difference. And, you know, kind of bringing this to a lighter note, as you were promoting the summit to make an impact, there was um, some things that happened that, that I watched and I thought, wow, this is, this is wild. And it was when Maroon 5 noticed you on social media because, you know, you're, you're doing incredible work. Of course, you're going to get noticed. But how do you think bringing in a celebrity um, helped you spread the word of the summit? Well, you know, it changes everything when a celebrity uh, supports like these initiatives, especially when it's kids trying to do something positive. Right. People like all of a sudden pay attention and listen 
you know, Adam Levine and Rune Five um, have supported me and Mushanti and us since uh, the very beginning. Um, even my even my friends used to tease me about um, being a dog character, but when Adam Levine posted about me, my friends stopped teasing, and parents and teachers were very were excited about social media too, which I thought was funny because you know they're adults, but celebrities have huge impact on people and on everyone as well. Um, and I, I'm hoping that other celebrities will promote the Peace Summit too, because uh, uh, we want to reach as many people as possible. But I'm very grateful um, to Adam Levine and Rune 5 for believing in my mission. Absolutely. I have some ideas for you as well as we move forward of people that are connected to that way, because we, we've used the celebrity influence as well. And it really does help. Yeah. So as much as you can get, as much help as you can get. So um, what's your vision for Wolf Shanti and where do you see your programs going in the future? You know, my, uh, I think my vision evolves as I grow up. Um, my current vision for Wolf is just to get mental health prevention education into every school, K through 12 across the country. Um, I wanna to speak to as many teachers, parents as I can, even government and healthcare people and make sure they understand how important this is and why it has to happen fast. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work on this forever because, you know, I'm in high school. I start college in a few years and I want to be able to say that I made a difference in changing the curriculum in schools and, and help kids uh, be more kind to themselves and others and be more accepting and loving and empathetic and happier and healthier. But teachers, need this too and um you know by the way they're under stress also and if they want mindful students then they have to start um a practice of their own even it's even if it's for a few minutes every day and i i and hopefully that'll spread to their students and i think everybody needs to pick up a practice of their own just for a few minutes every day so that they can just stay calm and breathe and relax um I, you know I, I i think it's just so important that we get these programs into schools because if we can reach um, kids in their daily routines, then it'll become a part of their lives and they'll uh, hopefully be less depressed, left less depressed and anxious and be happier and healthier adults. So hopefully that's our main goal. Wonderful. That's great, great advice. So just to wrap this up, what final advice do you have for anyone listening to the podcast or watching this? How would you suggest bringing mindfulness into their daily lives? I think it's uh, I think it's important for parents and teachers to develop their own practices. Uh, like I said, even if it's for just a few minutes every day, um, for for them to listen, really listen to the kids. Uh, for everyone, even though like the kids aren't gonna like me saying this, you gotta put down your phones and have actual conversations. Even though I have trouble putting my phone down sometimes too, um, we have to believe in ourselves and not compare ourselves to the proclaps on social media, which are already true. Um, teens just have a gratitude practice because they need to know um, that they are worthy and can make a difference in the world. Even with small acts, like I said in TED Talk, reaching out to a friend, um, or, or reaching out to someone, making a new friend, uh, lending a hand, uh, volunteering with a charity, reading to little kids, or, and honestly, just be nicer uh, to yourself and others. It doesn't matter what uh, your passion is as long as you use your voice and 
and um, and do something you love and making and to, and make today count and uh, and you know as with Chanti's main mantra is our positive mantra, which I think is really important uh, with everything going on in the world these days, and that's think well to do well. So I think everybody needs to take a minute to to think well to be well, and uh, I think that's that's very important. And, uh, Hopefully just for five minutes a day, if you can just relax and breathe, do something you like that can help calm you down. I think um, that'd be a perfect way to start bringing mindfulness into your family, your community, your household. Those are great tips, Adam. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know it's been a long day for you. We appreciate this. And I think you're wise beyond your years. You're doing incredible work and you're definitely making an, an impact and you're spreading mindfulness and meditation around the country and the world. For 14 years old, you've accomplished more than most adults have. So I hope you're proud of your hard work and I know that you're gonna keep going and do incredible things in high school and beyond. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, letting me talk to you today. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.